Thanks for tuning in to the Rapid Responses Session 4, exclusively on the Crown Revs Podcast. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. The point of tonight's session is to work on our communication skills. Before we get to the communication skills, there's our opportunity to do a great job for the game and get, get the calls right, get the plays right. So, like, if we're not getting our plays right, these communication tactics are going to get thrown out the window. They don't mean anything. up some things a lot <laughs> i only watched the first half did you ipr him no I, I did text him though like right before the, he answered like i had texted him an hour or two before the game and i was talking about camp with him and he answered like 10 minutes before tip off i was like what are you doing <laughs> no nah, mm-hmm. tyler looks i feel like he looks sharper than he's ever had i mean i was watching i watched a lot of this film and I, i've never seen him look this good so Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, yeah, and earlier today, like I was zooming with Matt Rafferty, who's in the G League. I mean, like it went very well. Like Matt and I just connected out in May, and we've been working on some stuff, and things. I mean, things are getting better, and like I've worked on changing some stuff up. I mean, like I now feel so much comfortable just having that hand in the right position, which you've worked with me on, Paul, and I've just been doing that, been switching some things up, going very well. Thank you everyone for being here for session four of Rapid Responses, a Crown Refs mentor training session designed to help you improve your communication and game management skills by learning how to de-escalate, dissolve, and disarm a coach so that we can win and control the conversation and get back to refereeing the game. We've done some great work in our previous sessions and like everything else, it's gonna take practice and reps. So I encourage everyone who's been to a few rapid response sessions to continue to keep grinding with us each month. This is your first time here. Uh, make it a point to come to more at least, or at least check the recordings, which are all located in the mentor folder um, on Discord. It's a private channel or a separate channel where it has the mentor folders, has our Zoom links and a bunch of other stuff. Um, tonight, I have a guest coach coming on later in the session to throw a little curveball at our rapid response role play. Um, I want to hear from some of the new members uh, to hear how they communicate um, on the spot. But first, I want to go around the room and get everyone's biggest takeaways from last week's verbal judo session with Alex Bromley. It was a three-hour call loaded with dense, functional content. So I wanted to take the first few minutes to review your guys' biggest takeaways. So I'll open it up to you. Who'd like to go first? Feel free. (laughs) 
This is next level, homie, just watch me Stay fresh, you ain't gotta look sloppy Keeps your uniforms tucked, this is what you need, huh? Don't delay, now it's time to get neat tucks From the umpires, referees, and grooms To my ballers, keep the audience watching all your moves Cause you don't wanna lose, now you looking so official Gotta get your neat tucks, everybody gotta get them Neat tucks, you already know what's up Neat tucks, keeps uniforms tucked Neattux.com yeah, no, I thought it was a great session. And I, um, you know, I know it went a long time, but it didn't feel that way. Um, I, and I, I was honestly surprised how much um, he was still going. Like, I think he could have gone a couple more hours. Yeah. <laughs> I um, but I think uh, key things I took away from some of the notes I took, um, I always use the word empathy, and I don't think I've ever, I think I've always used it in the right context, but his explanation of it, you know, M to C and then uh, path to the eyes of, other, eyes of others um, really uh, helped me make sure I'm always putting it in the right context. Uh, um, other things I took away were a uh, big thing was hide your ego. Uh, I, found, I found myself in that situation today, a matter of fact. Tell us about it. So, oh, it was more of a, it was more of a built up frustration uh, at, with colleagues at work. You know, I was basically like, I try to put it in a nutshell, but basically they were trying to tell me how to do, kind of how to do my job. And I was kind of like, I know, you know, yeah, I understand I'm new to the new position or what have you, but I had sought out other uh, teammates to be like, hey, how do I do this? And what they were asking for, no, everyone was like, no, it's not possible. So like after three people, they were still insisting that it was possible. And just like, all right, you know, I just kind of just one of those frustration, frustrating moments where I was just like, all right, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look into it. But, mm. you know, I think I, I let them get the be best of me. You know what I mean? I don't think I, I probably could have handled it better, went about it a better way, been um, kind of not uh opened up myself so much you know like I, I basically let them win in a sense you know that's how i felt you know i, I should have been been able to verbal judo my way out of that somehow but i it was a it's been a long long couple of days so sometimes when you're tired it just, it's tough so did you let them see your frustration oh i think so absolutely yeah yeah and that's what we talk about that ego right we all have the ego for a while, I was like, I don't have any ego. I'm like, no, it's impossible. We all actually have an ego. It's just um, the skill is, you know, hiding it and not bringing it out because our natural tendency is to want to react. You know, when, when we react, that's what uh, Alex said, you know, that's when we show our personal face, which is just your ego as well. And we want to stay locked into being professional all the time. Very difficult to do, especially whether you're at work, whether you're on the court, any kind of job or in any situation, you know? Um, so these, this is a skill set that we're trying to work on and, and that's why we're here tonight. Um, anything, you know, any takeaways that you think you could apply like right on the court for you, Pedro? I think the hide your ego, it, it's still so big, right? Yeah. I mean, there's that, we know we have the power, right? There's no questions about it. Like, you know, so it's it's always being able to be neutral and uh, doing what's best to serve the game and not 
try to insert yourself in your your ego at that time right you know let's not um let's do what's best for the game and not don't let these coaches take us out of that of that moment right no one should be able to take us out of our element no one should be able to have the ability to affect our mood again difficult to not allow to happen but it makes sense on paper you know so the the more we can kind of lean into that inner strength to always be our truest self and not let anybody take us out of our our element our game we're always going to have the upper hand we're going to be the bigger person donald what were some of your takeaways from last week yeah i loved it um you know just to before I tell you my takeaways, just to piggyback on what you're saying, I know in the book, it was saying something to the extent about, you know, going into a battle and knowing thyself before going into the battle and you can come out victorious by knowing thyself first. Um, and knowing what makes you tick, I think in the book he was saying something about a uh, you know, when he meets a person on the street, you know, as a police officer, and they always, you know, question his authority. And, um, and he just labeled people, you know, label people, you can see it coming. Okay, I've been through this before. I know what's coming. I, I you know, I know your tricks. And, and knowing how to arm yourself. Um, because you're prepared. And I think that you know, life every day is little mini battles that we might go through that we have to come out victorious on. And um, just because we might not have a good battle one day doesn't mean that, you know, we can't come and redeem ourselves. So that that's just for Pedro there, you mm. know. Um, so, but yeah, I love the, I love the session. Um, I think he was honest i think he gave us his all um i think he enjoyed it too i think he, he loves what he's doing um and um i think that you know we we see the the the, the nba refs and the and the high level you know officiating on tv and we know what good what good refs look like and we, we see them communicate and, and and stuff and i think that they're using that verbal judo. I think that'll take our game to the next level. Um, you know, one thing about, you know, giving a technical foul, I mean, the way that he presented it, you know, everyone would know that you about to give a technical foul because, you know, you gave the coach numerous of chances. You even proceeded to walk away from him and he, the court, the coach followed you or kept with his antics. So you had no choice but to tech him up. You know, so I don't know. It's just it's real good stuff. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate that, man. I thought it was important because it was like a very dense session. You know, it felt like he could go longer. It felt like we were on the call for 20 minutes and we looked up. It was an hour and a half. And and he mentioned the same thing. I spoke to him the next day and he he honestly said, he's like, Paul, this is one of the best training sessions I've ever done. And it's because your group. 
He goes, because of the individuals that were on that call, just asking such high level questions and contributing to just a great conversation. He goes, I'm, I was telling my wife about it. Like they got such a great program over there. Um, so he had nothing but great things to say about us and he really enjoyed it. And we obviously saw it cause he was in the zone for about three hours. So I'll be breaking down that, that, uh, this weekend and I'll, and I'll put it back out. I know you guys got it in the mentor folder, but I'll publish it on in podcast form too. Um, and I just want to hear real quick from Carmela and then I'll go through some of my takeaways and then we'll bring on, uh, my friend RJ. Um, a few of my favorite things were the strip phases, phase phrases, excuse me. When he talks about how just keep it short when you're talking to a coach, I mean, just let him vent and, you know, tell him, you know, I appreciate that. And just, you know, just walk away or talk to him. Um, and like we talked about ego and how we can't let a situation control us um, or we react. Uh, the moment we react to a situation is when it's in control of us. And we just have to stop and, you know, think about what we're going to say before we say it. Um, and it, he talked about different ways of saying things instead of uh, saying, you know, come here, you know, it talks about can I talk to you for a second, you know, as in question form. And I think that kind of helps out you and it helps out um, the coach and seeing where you're coming from and letting them hear about what you have to say. So I got some, some things uh, written down. I'll, I'll just go through them real quick. Feel free to stop me or, or add something to it. Uh, you know, one of the first things he said makes a lot of sense doing our job or correctly earns the most respect it's like obvious right but the point of tonight's session is to work on our communication skills before we get to the communication skills there's our opportunity to do a great job for the game meaning get get the calls right get the plays right so like if we're not getting our plays right these communication tactics are going to get thrown out the window they don't mean anything these are all meant for them to be communicated with the notion that we're doing a great job or that we're, we're working our tail off we're in position you know we're, we're calling the game fairly and accurately then we have leverage right but when we start missing all these things being out of position we lose our leverage so these these tactics are gonna um aren't gonna hit as hard or be as meaningful so that was that was important to, to note another thing he said was we are we are chameleons, not robots. So adjust to the face you're meeting. You know, with communication, we want to speak to everybody respectfully, but we have to speak to everybody differently. Everybody differently. So, and that's that's what's going to come down to your talent as a communicator, as a tactical communicator, being able to read every person, being able to read every situation, being able to understand the history of the game, understand the history of your previous interactions in that game and that's all going to contribute to how you communicate in that moment so being adaptable being chameleons i thought was really good you know not being robotic we can sound robotic when we start to get a little too booky or when we start to speak too long like will remember we were trying to work on shortening your response because it began to sound too robotic when we start talking at length you know too much in that short micro moment uh during the game um 
couple things. Maybe this is a strip phrase. Maybe it's not, but I recognize saying that word. I'm going to try to add that to my game this year. Something I've never said. Um, it's just a one word addition, but it, it, I think it could help my game coach. I recognize what you're saying, you know, and then we can go off from there, but that's just a good, uh, respectful way to acknowledge them and then begin the start of your message. Like Pedro said, emp to see pathy through the eyes of others, just always being conscious of being empathetic. It's a self-talk thing. We should remind ourselves to be empathetic and not let our ego take over because we're not being empathetic in moments that are we're showing our ego. Um, winning the race to the why. This is something I wanted to do uh, this morning with my wife when she mentioned something to me and like my response, I needed to give her, uh, I need to be proactive with my response and give her the why, because guess what? I'm not gonna give her the, enough information. Then she's gonna ask me why. And I could have just answered that with a few simple steps. So when I'm speaking to a coach, I'm gonna really keep that in mind, um, winning the race to the why, not leaving anything open. So if I feel like if I'm giving him a, an explanation and there, a, a why could happen out of that, then I'm going into more detail and explaining myself a little bit more to kind of skip a step. So winning the race to the why, um, reacting, obviously responding instead of reacting is a big theme. When we respond, we're controlling the moment. When we react, the moment controls us. These are things we should think about every game, even in the pregame. And I'm going to get into a lot more mindset, actually, in my pregames this year. Um, you know, not too deep, deep of a dive, but there needs to be a section on mindset and just like emotional intelligence, I think, with the crew and, and making sure that we all stay on the same page, making sure that we're all poised and calm throughout the game. And I'll definitely share you guys my pregame once I create it. I want to create a, a new one this year. Um, so yeah, those are some of my main takeaways and, and like everything else, you want to take what you like and make it your own. So verbal judo is an amazing platform for communication, but we still need to modify it and integrate it into exactly our discipline of officiating because there are, there are a few, few points even last week where I'm like, yeah, this is amazing, but it, it needs to be now modified for basketball language. Right, so let's make sure that we're, we're, we're making those adaptations with the verbal judo content. And that's kind of what I've done with, with verbal judo. I use that as a foundation, but then I built on top of it and I built my own style on top of it, my version of verbal judo. That's what it was, you know, through my lens. So I want you guys to make modifications in your own little way if, if you can. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like. Uh, uh... Donald's could be like a verbal judo like mentor in the group or something. Like, this guy really knows his verbal judo. I, I was impressed. Uh, he, he was almost like citing the book word for word. Uh, you could tell he's a big fan. I'm a huge fan. Um, like I said, it's uh, it changed my life, man. Just how I communicate with people. You know, I have teenagers in the house. I got grown folks I'm dealing with. You know, I got I'm refereeing. You know, no, man, I, I can completely really relate. You know what I mean? It's yeah, man. Those things when you when you really listen to it, like this is a way of it's almost a way of life, especially with every encounter you have. Uh, and depending, I'm sure with you teenagers, like I mean, we deal with coaches who are another beast of a teenager, but 
<laughs> I mean, you're dealing with teenagers. I mean, that's a that's a whole other level of uh, verbal judo. I feel like. <laughs> right, man. And my goal, just my 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 attitude and my demeanor is non-confrontational. And if I if I get confrontational, then I'm I'm gonna get upset, you know. And and so I try to avoid getting upset. So that book really helped me learn how to communicate, how to save my face and the face I'm talking to, the person I'm talking to. And it's it just, you know, empathy. And I needed to work on that too, you know, just being empathetic. And that'll get you out of any situation. Feeling sorry for the other person, um, seeing through the eyes of another in that exact situation, you know. You know, Donald, you just mentioned something and I hear a lot of people say it. You were like, if this, this happens, then I'm going to be upset, right? Why do too many, why do we always sign up and put a pre-order for unhappiness sometimes? Like if this happens, I'm going to be pissed. Why don't we just reverse engineer the outcome we want, which is to not be pissed. <laughs> and let's just stop saying things like, if this happens, I'm going to be frustrated. You hear it all the time. I know you guys have all heard different versions of it. You've, you've heard it from others. You've said it yourselves. So, but these are these little mindset hacks that, that if we can, you know, our, our brain is a computer. So it's listening to the words we're saying and it's picking it up and it's being adapted into our, our processing system, whatever you call it. You know, so just if we can, if we could just keep in check some of the things we say, be conscious of it and, you know, positive perspective all the time. You know what I'm saying though, Donald? Like we, we put in a pre-order for unhappiness. I feel like- uh, We do, we do. I, I think that, but at the same time is being self-aware, right? Being self-aware of what you know, what- Yes, what pisses you off, right. what makes you tick. Yeah. You know, that's so half the battle. Yeah. <laughs> you so know, able to you can see people yourself. coming. You like, man, I, I already saw that. You know, I I know where this is going. So I'm going to prepare myself accordingly. You know, and that goes with dealing with coaches, dealing with players, and you know, and and, and dealing with home life, dealing with work. You know, every every facet. I don't mean to interrupt, but Donald, I, uh, Bill got me some games uh, next week. I got four games lined up, so I'm excited. Get out here and uh, start breaking my ways into Georgia. Awesome. It's a uh, men's league. Um, it's probably like sea level ball. Um, <laughs> but they, they okay. it's, you know, they're going to give you a chance to work on your verbal judo. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to give you a chance to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to it. You guys about to work together? No, no, I don't think so. But we got the same time. I, I put a request in with Ben. Um, you know, Pedro is is a you know I've seen him work a very briefly, maybe half a quarter at the um, when you came down to, at that camp. And um, yeah, you, you look solid. You know, I would love to work with you and steal some of your ways. I don't mind. Yeah, I look forward to it, man. I'm sure we can both pick up something from one another. You give me some verbal judo stuff between whistles <laughs> during timeouts. I'm excited. We'll, we'll work with it. We'll work with it. <laughs> Guys, I want to welcome in a good friend of mine. Haven't seen him in, it's been too long, but 
I want to welcome RJ, who's from New York City. He's been coaching some of the top talent in the city, like Donovan Mitchell, Eric Pascal on his on his world famous city basketball team. But how you doing, bro? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. How are you all doing? What's up? What's up? Thank you so much for coming to support. Thank you guys for having me. Before we get into this, I got to hear the story of how Joey Crawford ejected you and he wasn't even reffing. How did this happen? Oh, <laughs> uh, geez. This is like, this is like 10 years old, actually. Um, and I, this is like when I first started coaching hoops. Um, and uh, my, the, my high school team got invited to a camp at, out in Villanova. Um, and it just so happened that the NBA officials were hosting a camp to uh, be evaluated, um, an evaluation camp. Uh, so people were flying in from all over the country to, to you know, officiate games in front of, you know, uh, NBA officials. And Joey Crawford happened to be at the game that I was, uh, I, I was coaching. And uh, we're playing against Lower Marion High School. And Lower Marion High School is running this flex offense against us. And, getting easy bucket after bucket, but they're setting illegal screens and I'm just, I'm, I'm not happy on the sideline. And um, so I forget what I said to the guy, but I get my first technical uh, and then I get my second technical and, the, and he ejects me from the game, but I refuse to leave. <laughs> Come on, coach. I, I, I think I, I might've called the guy a rookie. I don't know. I think it, it, was, it was really immature to me. I've come a long way from that point, but, uh, so I get ejected from this game, and here uh, comes Joey Crawford storming across the court and saying, "I can't remember what he's saying." He's coming across the court, and he's just—he's telling—he's telling me to get the get out of here. He's like just kicking me out the gym, uh, and I'm still not leaving. I think I, I was there for like, like 30 more seconds, and then I'm like face to face with Joey Crawford, and, and he. Uh, oh, I think I, I made some like Tim Duncan comment towards him. I can't remember what. I, <laughs> I said some Tim Duncan comment about him tossing him or something like that. I can't remember what it was exactly. Um, so he kicks me out. I end up actually leaving. The game must go on. I think I might have fired up my team a little bit at this point. Um, so I leave and oh, I, I think I leave and I end up like we were like playing on court one at Villanova and I end up like wa- watching the rest of the game from like court three, but. It was it was definitely a funny moment uh, for me, um, just to have that interaction with him and just I, I fired up Joey Crawford. I mean, <laughs> pretty, not you know not many not too many people can do that, but it was fun. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm sure he remembers me. He asked me about the Villanova incident. <laughs> I might just text him and send him your a screenshot of your face and say, "You remember ejecting <laughs> this guy ten years ago?" He probably will. <laughs> You might recognize me. That's great. Well, you've matured a lot since then, right? When was the last technical file you got? Oh, ooh, it was uh, before the pandemic, that's for sure. Nice. <laughs> Do you, no, actually, you... you know what? Um, my last high school season, I didn't get any technicals. Uh, and I think the year before that, I got a bench technical. I've been on, I've been on my best behavior. I love to hear it. I've, my best I've I come a long way. <laughs> Evolving, is yeah. What I like to call it. RJ, I need to ask you: Are you a, are you a three sixty five coach? Like, do you just coach all year long? Like, I I found that 
most of the coaches I run into when I used back in Massachusetts, it's like, I couldn't get away from them. I, I would see them during high school season. I walk onto an AU court and they're there. I'm just like, good God, do you, do you, do you not ever not coach? So I, I need to know what kind of personality I'm dealing with here. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually around the game all, all year round. I, I, there's, really, there's really no escaping it, to be quite honest. Um, I'm constantly thinking of it. I'm either coaching it, watching it, reading about it. Um, I do try to give myself a little window and I, I, I've been failing to be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> August is really like the dead time of the year. And I, I still find myself like offering workouts in the morning and, and just watching games, you know. It, it, in New York City in particular, like there's really, basketball is constantly happening. Like even with the pandemic, actually the pandemic definitely slowed us down once the hoops came down. But um, once they came back up, and, you know, people, people were playing. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely around the game constantly. RJ's had a long history with the Crown brand. He went to Adelphi University, played basketball there with my brother. He was uh, roommates with my brother. That's how we connected over a decade ago and, and grew close and stayed in contact um, since then. So uh, RJ, tonight's session we're doing is called Rapid Responses. This is the fourth session we've done. And basically what we're doing here is we're trying to improve as communicators because we figure that there's only 10 to 15 different things that coaches say to us, but they say it a thousand different ways. So it would be in our best interest to have a bunch of responses for these particular comments. Or when we hear something similar, we kind of know where to take the conversation because communicating with coaches is probably the most difficult skill set. You know, I read everybody's mentor profile and, and that's the first thing everybody says, communication with coaches, being able to manage. Um, so just wanted to hear your take on that, and then uh, we'll get into some of the things that you, you say to the refs. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I've, I've been around thousands of games, I mean, you know, from playing to coaching, et cetera. And I think that the best officials that I've, you know, seen uh, are the ones who are, like, confident with their calls, loud, um, but it's like, they're firm, but warm at the same time. You know, at this, you're dealing, I mean, even at the collegiate level to some degree, but I think more and more so at the high school level, you know, it's, it's really, we're out even developing the youth. You know, whether we're coaching or refing, we're, you know, we want to play the game the right way. We want to make sure that, that it's called equally. But in terms of the officiating, I think that some of the best officials that I've seen are the ones that are, you know, have been, even keel the entire way through, um, which is hard because you know, you, you, depending on the environment that you're in, um, it, it can affect. It might it might affect your whistle a little bit, but um, but just being even keel and just being firm and, and confident with your calls, um, and 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 I, I've also appreciated those uh, officials that <clears throat> have checked in that, that are like you know that are checking in with the uh, with coaching staff as well. I think some officials check in at halftime before before uh, the, the tip-off, which I think is, is, is pretty cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, I think mm -hmm. that's it. You appreciate the halftime check-in? Hey coach, yeah, you have any I, questions I, about I the think, first half? What would you say? I think before the game, I think at the midway point, I think it's just a good, you know, it's a good, uh, it's just a good way to kick things off. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, and yeah, and RJ, I have something for you. Like, 
Like when you're working with refs, do you want them to call you coach or do you want them to call you RJ? Because uh, that's- I think coach, I think, I think co coach is probably, because there's only one, there's only one coach for a team, right? So if you're, if you're on the, if you're on that side, you know, I mean, you could get personal, but I think, I think from a ref standpoint, it's probably better to just keep it neutral. Like, you know what? No, you're a coach. And, that, and that's all you are to me right now. Um, and me personally, Will, um, I'm gonna know your name. I'm gonna come ask you so that I, so I can say, I can call you by your first name. When, you know, it's just so, you know, that uh, from my from my point of view, I feel like that's my advantage is knowing the official's first name. You know, instead of saying Mr. Official or, or Ref or whatever they call him, someone by the first name is effective. But I think from the officiating standpoint, I think, keeping a general statement might be a little more effective. Um, that's just my point. Uh, that's my view on it. And that's going to be up to the individual. You know, either one is right. Either right, one. Right, yeah. So whenever you... It's one of those situations, you're right. There's, there's no right. They're both right. Because like you, you just said... Are you getting upset if I call you RJ? Oh, no, not at all. I'm, I, might, I might give you a hug. <laughs> I think we just have to eliminate, you know, if we're trying to establish two-way respect and humanize officials, we cannot worry that the coach is going to say, no, you have to call me mister. That's some old school stuff. Right. You, you have to be able to call somebody by their first name right. if you want. No, because... you're right. I, I, think, I, think, I think what I think that thought is uh, more progressive. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's probably the better one of the two now that I think about it a little more. So that's something I'll use. That's something I'll use in my back pocket and think about maybe the right moment to insert. Hey, Jim, Jim, right. you know, if we're going to communicate, we got to do a better job of being more respectful to one another or whatever. But in that moment, it's a, it could be a good way to uh, grab their attention. Right. Um, what was I going to say to you, RJ? I just want, are you in a locker room right now? Like, are you I am actually. I am. <laughs> I am. the coaching more intense, the yelling, so it echoes. <laughs> oh, you said it's echoing. Oh, yeah. Well, no, the in the locker room it is not on the computer. Yeah, I'll give you some 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 uh, pre-game, post-game speeches in here, halftime speeches in here. It's, uh, so I figured this might be a good setting for tonight. <laughs> RJ, real quick before we go into some of your comments, um, and let's take AU culture out of it, like seventh game, walking up the court, forget about that. Which um, things that officials do kind of get you most upset in a normal set, in a normal game? Uh, hmm. Officials get me most upset. Or you just uh, dislike about officials the most? I, I, you know, it, it's, I guess, just being consistent, but, you know, it, it's hard to be consistent with, with you know, human, as humans, we all struggle with that. Um, you know, I, 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 I guess the hardest part actually is like, it's most, you, you get into a game and sometimes like there's one official that's stronger than the other. And I think that um, some of them don't communicate well, well with each other or like, you gotta, it's, you know, when you officiate a game, it's like it's like a flow. Like you're getting into a flow with a group of people, and like you know, like you're you're trying to cover every, every round. And I think that I, th I think that's what upsets me sometimes is that there's not um, a lot of officials that don't get in sync with each other, and then and the official that doesn't run up and down 
you know, you know, keeping up with the play because they see it from the opposite baseline. Um, uh, that actually, there you go. I think calling, making a call from the opposite baseline and being really far from the play, you know, um, but, and then, you know, and then I guess the no call too, I think sometimes I, and it's, I see it more and more um, at the like adult men's leagues games, which they're just trying to get to the next game. Um, and I, maybe I've experienced that quite <laughs> on my own as, as a player, as a, an adult player, but um, yeah, sometimes there's no calls uh, on that, on that level. And then there's over calling too. Like some, at, at my high school level, I think that, um, you know, you can't, the physicality is, is so different from, you know, from the AAU side, but it's called, it's called a little tighter. You think coaches argue about fouls they want or no calls that they don't want? I think, co <laughs> I think coaches, I don't know. I think, I think they want every call. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think they're, as a coach, you know, it's, your adrenaline, like the, the, the back and forth of the game, being so invested in the kids that you're working with, like, you know, not, I think I read an article a few years ago, like coaching hoops is like top 10 most stressful jobs, I guess, wow. because of the swing of the game. And I think they measured someone's, uh, it, might have, it, was top, it might have been Izzo, Coach Izzo, they measured his heart rate and he was like, wow. you know, being up by five versus being down by five. Um, and so, it, you know, it's it's definitely it's it's a unique it's a unique uh it's a unique aspect of the game and I think that that's why officials get you know you know at sometimes you just you just get some bad you know, some coaches that say some stuff that they shouldn't and these coaches are not bad people but they're so invested and and again they you know with that adrenaline pumping and the swing of the game they may say something that they shouldn't. Um, you know, and then you, you, you add the crowd in there mm -hmm. and then, you know, yeah. and then it's just like, you know, it's just, it's, and, and basketball is this unique sport. It's like a physical sport where each other spaces, um, you know, so as an official, you know, it's, I, I, I worry for some officials too. Like I, like even, I think Kendrick Perkins said something a few months ago, yeah. like went on, went on air about, like, I think something happened where some like, official was attacked. I don't know remember all the details, but. It's, you know, I, I feel like it happens more in basketball than, than any other sport. Um, and it's, and it's unfortunate. Um, but to the coaches on the coaches front, they definitely um, will say some things that they won't necessarily mean. So that's why I think being even keeled as an official is important and not, you know, not taking yeah. things personal, um, you know, during the game. Thanks for bringing that stat. You know, that's some good insight too. And we're talking about empathy tonight. So that would be some good information to have in our back pocket to help inspire our empathy before we go communicate with this coach. Like, hey, he's got a really stressful job. You know, he's on, a, he's on an emotional roller coaster tonight. You know, sometimes we have to speak to these coaches like they're children. Straight up because they act like children. Listen emotion steals our intelligence when we're acting under emotion it steals our intelligence it basically brings us down to the childlike level so yeah our communication with a coach maybe should sound like that if if that's what you think is right for that moment
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, we're, we're humans. I, I think mental health is a real thing too. Like we, we don't know what people are going through. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I, yeah, for, for sure. I think adding that element is, is definitely key. Um, I just want to hit this this big picture point real quick with with the group real quick guys and it's you know when we give our response to the coach and this is one thing i stopped doing i don't try to convince anybody that i'm right i simply provide an explanation if they don't like it then that's fine i can't control that my intent was good i tried to give them the best explanation and response as possible you guys i want you to be confident in your intent i was thinking about that today one of the things that make me confident is i know my intent i know my intent is good that gives me confidence when your intent is not good you're not confident about it so be prideful in a sense um with what your intent is and, and if it's good you have nothing to worry about so don't try to convince the coach you're right don't get upset when they disagree with you. They're going to disagree with you at some time. So be prepared for that. And also be prepared and be comfortable disappointing them. Because they're like RJ said, it's an emotional roller coaster. They're going to be happy. They're going to be hyped. They're going to be disappointed. They're going to be fired up. They're going to be calm. They're going to be hyped again. And then just follow that circle. So couple big picture points um kenny i want to start with you all right rj uh normally what we do is just say like one or two lines like yo kenny you know how are you calling that from all the way over there you know you're when your partner's right there or the foul count was seven two i don't want you to take you know the exact ones we use now i'll tell you this before we start i know we could probably make this segment hilarious and it could be like a <laughs> i really feel like it could be a hilarious segment uh, let's try to make it as as real as real as possible, because okay. I know me and you. Uh, All right. All right. Um, I, am I setting this off? I guess I'm setting it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just say anything you want to Kenny, like you uh, would in the game. He just missed the call. Uh, uh, Kenny, uh, what's going on? He could have showered and shaved down there. He's three seconds, Kenny. What's going? On? He's camping out down there. I, 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 get get 24 out the paint. I, I just. I'm, I keep seeing it. How do we get him out the paint? Coach, Coach, listen, uh, doing my best. Uh, I missed it. You know, next time I'm down the court, I'm going to I'm gonna work harder and be in, be in the right position for you and, and try to make that call if it happens again. Now, remember, we only get one of those a game. So, Kenny, I don't want you to throw that out on your first response especially on a three-second call that I know you didn't miss. <laughs> no, I, I think that was good. I, I think I think saying less to the coaches is, might be even more effective. You know, like like acknowledging it and then just moving on. Like, you know, I missed that coach. I'll get to the next one. Or, like, or, or maybe not saying anything at all. I don't know. I don't know. You got to feel that one out. Um, What's another one? Damn, I gotta. I'm trying to pull. It's been. It's quarantine got me a little bit, so I gotta pull pull some of these out. I've been on my best behavior, Paul. That's good. Or 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 you can say, coach, coach. You know, maybe I missed that, or I might have missed that. You know, again, we at, we pull coaches, and they say the thing that they love to hear the most is, "I missed it." So I'm not. We have to find the balance. I'm not saying to don't use that, but just don't be so quick to go pull that out of the bag, right? Especially on calls that you know we think we might might have got correct does that make sense 
Hey, Paul, yeah. what, do you, what do you, I mean, I'm assuming this is a two-man game, right? So what is if it, what if you say to the coach, hey, um, I, I would say, hey, coach, uh, I, I was, I was watching uh, 25 and 26. They, they were, they were, uh, seemed to be in a, a very uh, contra, uh, you know, maybe a heated moment. So I was watching that and said, maybe I missed it. I'm sorry, but, you know, something like that. Basically letting the coach know that like, hey, I might've missed that three seconds, but there seemed to be a little bit more action happening on this portion of the court. And that's what I was paying attention to because that three seconds probably wasn't of high priority in comparison to the two players that I thought might escalate to something else. Uh, okay, but uh, did they really do that, or are you just giving them a spiel? No, no, no I'm saying this okay. is really a situation. Okay, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm, I'm so, I, again, I'm saying this as a two a two person crew. Because obviously, three person crew, we have basically four eyes, uh, well, six eyes out there, and hopefully things like that aren't happening. But our responses are going to be, you know, aren't going to be predicated on two person versus three person. You know, I mean, we may hear okay. different things based on a two or three person. You know, so. Um, so maybe you can lead with coach you might be right but i just had two players you know um going back and forth grabbing and i was managing them at that moment you know i apologize if i missed that or i could you could be right that you could be right works well too because like now that. we're kind of painting both sides you know we're not giving them the you're i missed it but you're saying you could be right i think that's a great response i got that from jb you could be right yeah, you're right. Gotcha. All right, RJ, your team's coming down on a fast break. Two, two, ver, two on one fast break. Your best player misses a layup. Looks like he gets hit. No call. Reps running no back up. Will's you got to be kidding Will's me. running back up the court. What are you going to say Will, to Will, you got to be kidding me, Will. He was all over him, Will. It's, 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 not, it's not hockey. Get his hands off this guy. Um, oh, RJ, um, I did not see any illegal contact on that play. Then is, is there, the, there must be a breeze inside the gym because the guy just must have just landed on his ass on his own. He, he fell. The ass part. <laughs> RJ, he fell on his own power there. I don't know. I may have to ask him to close that door. <laughs> There's a breeze coming in. <laughs> and will, sorry you, i'm having some fun now no, that was good that was good and will you could finish that third um sequence off with you might be right mm -hmm. you know because you hear the way he's going he's um he's not being disrespectful he's kind of being comical about it but yeah. he's still arguing so i think i think what you said was good coach i didn't see any legal contact on the play and remember we can always ask a question what did you see again or which you know what illegal contact did you see because now you're asking him a very specific question. RJ, how are you going to answer that question? RJ, what illegal contact did you see? I, I just, I saw, my, I saw my player get bumped and land on the floor. And there was, you know, he went right to the basket and now he's on the floor. And now they've got a, they just hit a three on the other end because there was a no call. It was a five point swing. I hear you, the, I hear you about the momentum. Yep. Go ahead, go ahead, Will. Yep, thank you all. Yep, and I've gotten just so much better. Just, I mean, just just getting the responses shorter and not taking too long for an explanation. Now, again, absolutely will. But I, again, I want you to find the balance between not making it too long, 
but not making it too short where it feels unfinished. Mm. You know, if we only give them sometimes one line, it, it it might it might seem like we left something out. Like I, for instance, I would have loved if you would have asked RJ a question right after I didn't see any illegal contact. What did you see? Because it's bang bang. It's mm. like you're adding you're you're up in the ante as far as how we're responding there. Because then you're putting him in a box. Now you now RJ has to answer our question instead of he just said seven things to us and four different questions. We were we were in his framework. We answered and then we switched it back to our framework. That's where we want it. And this way we can close the door from there. What do you got a question? Will? Okay. All right. Why don't we go with Donald? Um, you've already had to talk to RJ once for shouting. RJ, you're going to shout at him again. Um, uh, I, he just missed the travel call. Um, and I think, I think I have something to say to him. <laughs> so, um, Wait, what, what was the scenario you just said? Uh, you know, it really doesn't matter. Any, just any scenario. Any All right, line. so just any line. Any line. So Donald, it, that was a travel. He took three steps, is two steps in basketball. That was a clear travel. He took an extra step with that Euro step. So three steps. So he can only take two steps. The third coach, time coach, coach. I understand what you're saying. I did not see him travel on that. I didn't see him travel, but I can take a better look at it next time. All right. Well, Donald, like where I'm from, you need a Metro car to travel like that. You can't be doing it. Coach, just, coach I'm done with it. Coach, coach, I'm done with it. I, okay. I did not see him travel, but I'll look at it next time. Thank you, coach. Okay. All right. That was very professional. How'd you feel, uh, RJ? He handled you pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he, he let he let me speak and and pretty much told me what I wanted to hear. But <laughs> because what RJ did there was he, you know, he gave his explanation, but then he he repeated himself three times, and that's where Donald needs to come in. It's coach, coach, like we hear you, we got you, and then right. deliver your message, which you did, Donald. So that was really, I'm already hearing a difference in your tone already, Donald. After you know a session or two from this. Yeah, thank you. I have a question for RJ, if I could. Um, you had mentioned something about less experienced refs. Do do you, as a coach on a three man game, look at look for the less experienced well, refs? I can it's I can spot the less experienced ref immediately, like you know, and you know, and, and I. I I've just been around so many basketball games. And I, I've probably been around more two people games, two ref game, two officials per game than three. Um, but, you know, it's, you kind of migrate a little bit to the better official because they're more effective with their whistle. They're blowing it. So then you tend to speak to that person just a little more because you understand that if their partner is slowing, like, you know, slowing them down or they're, they're kind of like, you know, it's like a 75-25 thing instead of it being 50-50 thing. 
But I think the, big, the biggest thing really is just, no matter what you say, just be confident and be firm. And that, because I know as a coach, I respect that. And I'm like, okay, hey, this, you know, he called a travel. That's what he saw. He's, he's like, if, if you go to the table and you're like, you know, like soft with your language, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm standing right there. And I'm listening, I'm like, wait, what? What do you, what did they just, what did they just call? So, um, that's just my, my, my take on it. Can I follow up on that? Sorry. Go ahead, Pedro. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. When you have a situation like that where maybe first thing down the court, you think it's a foul, you say, hey, perhaps that's a foul. He comes back and says, no, coach, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't make any illegal contact or, you know, um, you know, he, hit the, he hit his hand after the shot went up. So that's not that's not a foul. They give a decent explanation. Are you more likely to a respect that or b challenge him again? Um, I I think no. I I think I would uh I would definitely say something initially. Now I think I, I would think I would say something every time actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I I just well it like I think I would say something until I was acknowledged. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, did you see that? You know, well, or like- I mean, in, my scenario, in my scenario, I do acknowledge you, right? I do acknowledge you and I explain to you what I thought. You you thought it was a foul, but I'm saying, hey, he released a shot, he came down after and hit his hand. That's not a foul. So if I explain oh, to you like that, and we just, I keep it nice and short and sweet and keep going, what's your what's your reaction to that? Is that like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe he has a point or B, he didn't know what you talked about. Next play down the court, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I address him again. I, I think at that point, once once we speak, we, we're gonna agree to disagree. You made the call; it can't be changed. Next play, uh, but I okay. think ultimately, from my standpoint, I, I definitely appreciate a ref that does you know give me a little bit of feedback and communication. I know if I'm overbearing and they don't want to speak to me anymore, I get that. Um, 100% as well. Like, you know, if a coach is just saying, enough coach, you know, you know, that's it. And like, at that point, you can kind of tune them out and just ref the game. But, and I, I, I you know, I respect that. that you know, that, that's that's when I get into my check yourself mode. Like, all right, check yourself. Like, you, like you've, they, they you communicated, you had a, an exchange, you know, it didn't go your way, now, now move on. So, Oh, is it is it okay to? I, mean, I use it a lot, but I say, okay, coach, you can't do this all game. Like I just, that's how you know. RJ is a kind of example. Where I just say, hey, all right, coach, you can't do this all game. You know, I'll, I'll give him an air when he needs it, but then turn around to him at some point and be like, all right, coach, all right, we can't do this all game. Yeah, you saying is that line okay? Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, I think that line's okay. And and the more you can provide on top of that, the more that makes that line okay. Like, coach, you know, we're not going to do this all game. I, I'm being extremely professional with you. I'm, I'm answering your questions. I'm approachable. And you're shouting out, you're refereeing from the court. Is that fair? You know, so like the more ammo you can add to that is only going to amplify that message. If you have time, if that if that moment, you know, if you can fit it in in that moment. Mm -hmm. All right, Carmelo. Uh, Carmelo's up. 
RJ, be nice. <laughs> no, I'm just no, kidding. I, be nice. I, 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 equality, <laughs> coach. I, I, I'm sorry. I got it. We're, we're humans out here. Plus, ever since uh, you started telling all the referees that you you know you know crown refs, that's you haven't got a technical <laughs> sense. Did you notice the correlation between that? Yeah, that's, that's that's that is very true. I've actually pretty much in every game that I coach, I ask the officials before if they've heard of crown refs, and a lot of the, the majority have heard of, of crown refs. And and I don't know if I don't know if I. Uh, get any calls because of it but it definitely uh definitely not it is cool it's cool to make that connection yeah no no the way this thing works is you definitely won't get calls just because you know no crown (laughs) when i ref my brother i don't give him nothing you gotta give me i want all the 50 50 calls (laughs) (laughs) are you got a couple lines for carmella uh yeah let's see i guess we'll do another foul scenario Ref, Mr. Mrs. Official, both I've got I've seen two hands on on my guy. He's bringing the ball down the floor, and he's dribbling the ball, and you're not blowing your whistle on this side of the floor. Two hands. He's being physical with my with my player, and there's no call on this side. And on the other side, <laughs> they're getting that that call. What's what's the difference here? Coach, I understand it. I understand what you're saying. The difference is down here, it's le- down there, it's legal contact. Down here, it is not illegal. But if you do have a question, I will answer it. I'm, appro- I'm approachable. But right now, I'm not seeing any illegal contact. But my player keeps getting bumped. Like, he gets every it's time not, he gets bumped. Illegal. It's not illegal contact. Okay. You have a question I could help you out with? No, okay. I, 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 I think I'm gonna agree to disagree here, but I, I understand. Fair enough. So I would, um, I would be hesitant to describe plays on the other end with, it, like, I would keep it generic. Like, you know, plays can be similar but very rarely the same. But Carmelo, the way you summed up, you know, the other end, they're not getting hit down there. You know, I, w- I would maybe go a different route than that. I would just stick on to that exact play contact he's talking about. So, RJ, you wanting, you wanted a foul because there was two hands, right? Yeah, I got two, two hands. My, my, guy, my player's bringing the ball down the floor, and he's being pre- pressured by the defense, and the defense keeps applying pressure with their hands. They're hand-checking him as he's making move. Um, so this so, is where we can get technical too. Coach, I, I saw what you saw. Now the defender did put one hand on. I just want to remind you the hand checking rule. You're allowed to put a hand on one time if you take it right off. So on that last play, I had the defender touching one time and then took the hand right off. That's legal. So Carmelo, that, that's where we can go deeper inside of the rule too. And just, just talk saying, about- If he's saying two hands, which you know yeah, is well, legal contact then address that say coach i had one hand and then one hand off and i you know in my opinion i didn't see two hands on it coach if he put two hands like you said he did then yes that would be a legal contact i saw him put one hand on and take it right off okay you know 
Um, again, remember going specific when they go general, we got to go specific there. So just attack that exact play. He talked about it and, and remember, don't, don't try to ref three different possessions at a time and try to recall the play he's talking about. Cause half the time we don't even know what he's comparing it to. I don't know. I have, I have bad recall like that. Like I, I don't deeply remember, you know, seven plays ago i don't know how you guys are with that but so that's why i'm not going to explain seven plays ago coaches try to confuse you with that right coach 100 that's a confusing uh, nah, i try to stay current with it but you know and you got to move on I, some coaches can't move on but um yeah I, I think the most successful people in in basketball and probably just in sports for those that just focus on the next play, pretty much like what you can control. Uh, you can't, shit, I made a bad call. Like, all right, well, try to control every other call from this point on, you know? Um, and the same thing with playing, coaching, is just worrying about what you can control, which is that next play. Mm. Next play mentality. Love it. What gets you to move on quickly, RJ? Um, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I think it's just, my human nature. I'm not really a big person. I don't dwell on things. Um, we're just not here on earth for very long. So Good perspective, like, RJ, keep going. Yeah, no. So I'm just like, you know, I can only dwell on something for so long at some point. And uh, I, I'm no, I don't know if I could curse on here, but um, sure. I just, I have this button in my head. I have, a, I have a fuck it button. And at some point I just hit it. I'm just like, all right, fuck it. Next play, whatever it is. It's like, we, we got to, at some point, we got to just keep moving on. Um, but can't get all philosophical on you either. I have a similar, I I have a similar button. I have a similar yeah. button. And this prevents yeah. me from complaining. The button is called the shut the fuck up button. Ooh, well, good. And like any time I'm about to complain, there's chemicals in my brain that get released into my bloodstream that say, shut the fuck up. And stop complaining. Back to your point. We're only here on Earth, not as long as we want to be. So, like, you know, stop complaining. Right. Right. Love it. I hope you guys like the. I, I don't. I don't drop too many f bombs on here, but it's. Uh, it's a very. I'm telling you right now, it's a very successful strategy. I hope you guys try it out. So, so, coach, I got a question for you. Um, you, you talk about you have a button that you, you can go to anytime that just makes you go move on to the next play. What is what is one thing, if you had to nail down one thing that makes you go the opposite, like, okay, I, I, I have a button that I can move on, but what is one thing that officials do or have done to you or to you, your team in the past that says uh, I'm, I, I'm not moving on. I'm, I'm going to get ejected because said official or said crew did, did, did whatever. Right. Um, I think the, the one thing that I struggle with is like being ignored, like not being acknowledged, being ignored. It's like, as an official, it's, you know, you have to communicate. You know, you have to, you don't just show up and, you know, blow your whistle and don't like, like there's some officials who blow their whistle and like, they'll just point the other way and not really announce the call or let you know, like, wait, what, what did you just call? So I think that 
that um, is something that has triggered me in the past. Um, and then I think one time I was triggered, which I, you know, I was, we were at, at halftime, it was actually a high school game. And I, we, we had to be like, I think the official that night had a, he was co refing a high school game and then had a college game. You know, I, I, you know, I, listen, I get it. Everyone's out here that wants to get more games under their belt and then also, you know, put a few coins in their pocket. So they, the official tried to shorten our halftime by a few minutes because I guess they had their own agenda. And my team was still in the locker room and we were going over strategy. So they, long story short, they, uh, they started, they handed the ball to the other team when we were not even, you know, back in the gym yet. And I think that's something that, you know, put me in a position to, you know, not be very happy about. But, you know, just going back to what I said initially, just, I think it's just important with everything, just being in the moment. Like, I know even if you have that second thing to get to, you know, you know, being in the moment, and one thing I've learned is that things take twice as long than you think they do, than they're going to take. So, um, but I think, I think that's about it in terms of like just making me, uh, make, might, might rattle me a little bit. I think that's uh, something to point out though, right? Like I think um, aspiring officials or more um, senior officials will give you that communication. I think that's something that's uh, that, uh, harped on at all, especially at the high school, varsity level, college and beyond. Like, communicating to the coaches is very important. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's, um, you know, it's a sign of respect, but it's also you know, giving you that ear to you know, say what you want to say, but, you know, having that fine medium of saying, like, hey, you know, I'm here to listen to you, but at the same time, you're doing here, and that's, that's bigger than both of us. And we're going to do our best to, you know, navigate our way through. Right. Hey, Aaron, I know we haven't heard from you. I don't know if you're available to speak, but I would love to hear any takeaways you have or, or thoughts on this session or um, just with your communication within your games uh, as of recent. Um, yeah, I, I'm here. Uh, got the kids eaten, so uh, they're currently playing nice. I'm trying to use verbal judo to get them to eat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> One-year-old and three-year-old that doesn't really work very well. The best work. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Um, so I I liked a lot of what uh, everyone was saying. Um, I liked a lot of the responses. Um, whoa, 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 bud, what's wrong? Verbal judo in action right there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, so if I understand you right, you want to bite? Oh, he just did. What was that? What was that? Uh, what did he call that, Carmelo? I'm trying to throw that in here. The strip face? Are you talking about instead of saying this, you say that? Or like, no, oh, like paraphrasing? What is their art of paraphrasing called? I think they called it something, but paraphrasing is another oh, topic, um, from last week, too. Paraphrasing what they say and then regurgitating uh, it back to them. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. I understand you correctly. Right, right. <laughs> no, it's all, I did. That was purely for your guys' benefit. <laughs> hey, good job. Um, it worked. No, yeah, I love it. Uh, so, 
for me, like I know you guys were asking about um, the use the first name versus use the title. And, and I coach uh, baseball also. Um, and one thing that our, our group in our area has always done is we've always done first name. And we've had a coach be less than pleased with an official for asking them their name because it's like, if you do your homework and you know the coaches in the area and the coaches you're going to work for, since there is a small number, um, you should go into the game knowing the name of the head coach and the assistants and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I've always been in the practice of using the first name. Yeah. It makes it easier to be personable. And I've been told that it, you know, I'm not as approachable or I don't appear outwardly as approachable. And so, um, just like trying to do different tricks and stuff to get them to know that they can open up to me and they can ask questions. Appreciate you adding that. Is it, uh, have you uh, had any games lately, Aaron? Uh, no. So we start, uh, our coordinator said the first game is supposed to be next weekend, the 16th. So that's when our scrimmages are about are going to start, and then we'll we hit the ground running in November. Does anybody have any recent plays situations from uh, from your games that you want to bring into this discussion? Games from the weekends, notable um, discussions with coaches, or or any last questions for RJ? I, I do have a question for RJ. Um, thanks for being on, by the way. I, I think it was very helpful to hear from a coach and uh, in your perspective. You mentioned about going to the table uh, when the official goes to the table. Um, do you watch his mechanics, especially when you don't know uh, what he saw or, or you didn't see the play or, or the contact? Do you, do you watch what he reports? Um, initially, to start the game, like the first quarter in particular, I'm watching everything. Uh, I'm trying to watch everything the entire way. But then, you know, when I get into the rhythm or the flow of the game and I know, you know, I, I pretty much saw the same thing that you saw, I might like, you know, walk, walk away and I, you know, turn my back to what, you know, the mechanical part. But, um, but for the most part, you know, especially that's why I think the, that first, the, the, the start of the first quarter, and I think the start of, I mean, you know, the entire game, of course, but just the, the, the tone, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's just so important for the game, um, at least for me, because I, then I can, I know what kind of game I have. Oh, they're calling it tight. Oh, they're letting us play. You know what I mean? Like, you're, tell me, you know, tell me what it's going to be today, you know, so then I can adjust, you know, um, so, you know, and I, you know, I think everyone has their own style, you know. Um, yeah, RJ, I guess a, a question is, like, I, I have don't a know how to get to this, but is it, do you know the mechanics? Like, do you know, if, like, I'm going to say, I'm reporting a push, I'm reporting a hit. Is that what you're looking for? Like, are you, 
I guess. Um, yeah, for sure. I, 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 I know the mechanics and I'm also looking for to seeing how strong you are with, with, with what right. I call that part. You know, with, you know, with just the, from 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 the vocal part, the, you know, the communicating it, and then also you know the, the signals. I think I, I think all of those have to come together, you know, in order to to because you're you're at that point you're making your call and you're you know you're making a statement. Like, you know, it's it's being recorded. Like this is what you saw. You're selling no, that's one of your ways to decipher who's the strongest official, right? Or one of your ways, anyway. Right, right, right. I mean, being a strong official could be not making a call. Like, oh, you know what? That was a that was a good no call. They're letting us play, you know. Um, and and you can't. It's it's like that's why ba basketball is so unique because the best players do not premeditate. They play, right? The best refs. They're not premeditating a call. They're just reacting, and they're letting it. They're letting it develop. So I think that's, you know, the most successful players. Obviously, everyone has a scheme, uh, you know, strategy and concepts. But for the most part, they play. It's just you know reacting. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. And RJ, uh, and one question that I had for you. Yeah. So as a coach, like, um, like, how are you be able to be like inclusive? to officials of different disabilities or ability statuses, because I'm someone that's an official that's on the on an autism spectrum, which like I enjoy doing it a lot. It just helped me grow so much as a person. Right, right. Um, I, uh, to be honest, I, I'm everyone that I interact with, um, but at the same time, I have um, I'm, I'm emotionally intelligent, and and I'm, I'm I'm good at reading people. And as much as I love the game of basketball, I love humans even more. So I you know I, I have a good way of balancing um, how I how I be, how I conduct myself um, on the court uh, and in life. So. I would a treat you equally. I would definitely, you know, get on you if you aren't making the appropriate call. But you know, it, it would be, you know, from the same place that it would be with everyone else, uh, which is a, a, a firm but warm approach, which is what I've always uh, done. And that's right on par with what we preach. You know, firm and fair. I mean, we're saying the, the same thing. Got you need someone that's strong and authoritative, but do communicate it in a warm, understandable, fair way. So that's the balance we're trying to achieve. I know you mentioned about um, having strong table mechanics. Having strong table mechanics could be the difference between having to go defuse a coach or not. So if I call something questionable, I come to the table and I present weak signals. RJ, you might get on me in that case, versus if I come and I present strong signals, that that one second in your head may be like, all right, I'm going to leave him alone because I, I, uh, I believe him, right? Right, because because you're you're you have to sell your call theoretically, right? You know, you you have to call it. You saw it. That like, hey, I'm this is what I see, and you have to make sure that everyone knows that. It was the right call. You're the law of the land. You're the law of the land. So you I did. Have you ever tried to officiate? Either officiate your um, practice. 
I've appreciated oh, wow. more. Um, and I've uh, I've been told I don't I don't make many calls. <laughs> <laughs> I just I let a lot a, a lot happen. Um, and and to be honest, with the way I the way we practice, uh, this might hurt me in the future, maybe not. But uh, we don't we don't make any calls in practice. We just we play. Like you know, it's it's a very physical practice. Um, just to give us a little edge, I think. Um, but but yeah, I've I've ref before and, and I didn't make any calls. So I don't think I I don't think I'm a very good ref. Well, I guess my question is because you you mentioned it earlier. The and I, and I struggled with it when I was when I, when I was first coming up is the anticipation, right? Have going to basket like I foul coming. You know, did you ever feel that? I mean, it sounds like you wouldn't have called it anyway, but, <laughs> but I guess my question is, is can you, uh, I guess, empathize with an official who, you know, makes a call, maybe pre-call, before it actually happens? You know, you got that, you got that player going up for a basket, the guy's winding up, and clearly there's going to be some kind of contact, whether it's with the ball or the player, but just short of that contact, he blows the whistle. What do you, uh, what's your thoughts on that? What, you empathize and you, you got the play. I don't know if I can. I don't know because that, that would that's a that's a big indicator that you know that official might not be ready. Um, just because like you know a premeditated call is, makes me concerned about what what that official is thinking. Um, and you know, it, and then I guess it depends on the level too. Like you know. I, at, like if it was like a low, lower, like a high school game, I wouldn't be very happy. You know, um, it's, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like you're about to jaywalk and get a ticket, but you decide not to jaywalk at the last second. And, but you get the ticket because, you know, because it looked like you were about to jaywalk. Um, I don't know if that's a good metaphor, but that's the only one I can think of right now. <laughs> No, I appreciate it. I was just trying to look to see how much empathy you do have. So I was just kind of. Oh no, I'm, I'm empathetic, but I think uh, <laughs> I think I think I'm I just saying, if you've appreciated before, it's tough. You know what I mean? Like to like to have that patience. Uh, as many of us officials know, like to kind of hold that air in your in your belly, and then let the play happen and develop right. and finish, but then make your judgment and sometimes you know again I, I admit when I first started I was big on like oh it's gonna happen right here boom you know sometimes I was wrong you know so it's one of those 50 50 plays where yeah you know there's actually gonna happen but it might not be a problem right no and and it is a 50 50 play it's like 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 one of the in my opinion the toughest call in basketball is the charge call because it's you know it's and you're gonna miss some calls. You're gonna make some calls. Like it, it, it's a part of the game. And I think, I think that's gonna happen. But I think uh, you know, being firm and, and uh, you know, blowing your whistle nice and loud and and re reporting your calls, I think uh, that just goes a very long way. Uh, at least for me. I'm still on the floor. Um, I'm still on the floor for a second. I'm sorry. Um, last one. So, um, RJ, what do you? Do you coach your players to take offensive offensive fouls a lot? Oh, say that again. Take the charge. Do you coach your players to take the charge? Do I, do I coach on that? Play? Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. Yeah, well, that's because I because I, I know coaches that will get upset with me when I don't call it. And they're like, well, we work on that all the time. I, I want my players to take it." And I'm like, "Well, your players aren't legal." You know, so it's one of those conversations where I, I always find it interesting when coaches are like, they're preaching it, right? They want it. They want they want their players to take it because, and the the style of game of today, has plenty of opportunity for it, right? There's a lot of players going to the basket. You know, there's obviously there's guys who like to shoot the three, but I think there's a lot of opportunities for to take that charge. So uh, it's, I'm always interested to hear you know, what coaches are preaching. Hey, take that, you know, take that charge. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I think the charge is actually a lost art. Um, I don't think a lot. I don't think coaches are actually talking about that as much. But yeah, it's only like hard-nosed teams really take charges. I think for the most part. Um, you know, most people shoot threes. The game's evolving. It's just different now. Uh, but the, the, yeah, I, for sure, charge charges are important. Important for sure. Hey, RJ, I got one for you. <clears throat> sure. How much do you feed off the um, energy from the opposing coach? So mm -hmm. if you see them getting away quote-unquote getting away with more does that amp up your um reactions or responses or or does it maybe not but you kind of feel like they're getting does that question some of the stuff that they get the benefit of the doubt on so like in the in terms of being in a scenario where you're getting some home home cooking when you feel like or if they're even if not home cooking but they're just more of an animated maybe they they uh, have more re and bigger reactions to plays and, you know, like constantly complaining or arguing or whatever. Do you feel as the opposite coach in that effect? Do you feel that that like, do you feel yourself rise up to um, kind of meet their energy for lack of a better phrase? Um, no, not really. Because like, I'm, I'm really big on like not comparing myself or I get my players in this mindset. Like we don't really, I actually laugh when I see things like that, to be quite honest with you. Um, but yeah, so I'm, we, we just, the mindset is like, no, you don't compare yourself because there's really no comparison and you just control what you can control. So yeah, I don't, I don't really get into that. I think 10 years ago, maybe um, I could have gotten a little riled up by the opposing coach, but now it's like, it's like they don't exist. Um, and even even if some of the stuff that I've said to you all tonight, I haven't said that stuff to people in a very long time. You know, <laughs> it was just, it was just, you know, I, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just focused on my, on my players to be quite honest with you. Um, and and I, I encourage my captain, you know, to communicate with the ref. If, if, if need be. Great approach. We like to hear from a respectful captain. You know, the, the captain that just comes up and is outspoken, but <clears throat> very respectful and asking in question form, not questioning us. So that's something as officials, we should always gravitate towards giving them information because they're people that help us. And, you know, we need captains sometimes to control the players on their team. 
So we can all we can almost indirectly manage other players through a captain. So uh, um, this was great. You know, I appreciate everybody coming. I, I know we're close to an hour and a half now. I want to um, cut out, but any, RJ, any final words, last uh, thoughts about what we got going, officiating and um, helping the coach-ref relationship? Yeah, I think this is really cool. I'm, Paul, thank you for having me. Um, it was really nice to meet you all, Kenny, Carmela, uh, Pedro, Aaron, Will, and Donald. I wanted to shout all you guys for allowing me to join in on this session. Um, I would love to do it again, maybe sometime in the, in the near future. Um, just I, just like with anything, just have fun with it. Um, and, and call it how you see it. <laughs> you know, that, that's pretty much it. Um, and, and just be confident and, and even keel. I think that's, that's one thing that I'm, I'm doing my best as a human to be even keel. Um, but, you know, sometimes I fail at it, but I think as an official, if you can bring that mindset, um, I think you'll be, I think it'll go a long way. Thanks a lot, coach. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You know, if Crown Refs has brought you any value in the past, I would really appreciate if you would consider joining us in our new private community for basketball officials on the Patreon and Discord apps. We have three different tiers of access and content available. We have Crown Refs Pro, Crown Refs Plus, and Crown Refs Mentor. This is uh, next level stuff. If you've been a fan of the content or the podcast for the past few years, or you've been a day one supporter, um, this is the place to be. This is where we have our weekly training sessions on Zoom. This is where we have our live monthly podcast with special guests. This is where we are interacting every day on private channels. So would really uh, appreciate if you could join us in this community. We think you would flourish and definitely accelerate your skills as a basketball official. For more information, you can click the link in this episode description. Have a great day.